Let's talk about seven social security myths with my buddy, Devin Carroll, and this is the 64th episode of the Retirement Planning Education Podcast. Welcome to the Retirement Planning Education Podcast, where you can learn all about IRAs and Roth IRAs, employer retirement plans, taxes, social security, Medicare, portfolio withdrawal strategies, annuities, estate planning, and much more. And now here's your host, Andy Panko. Hello. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you, as always, for listening. It is the 64th episode of the Retirement Planning Education Podcast. Today is the first of a two-part series where I will be replaying audio from a chat I had with my friend Devin Carroll, where he talked about seven social security myths. Specifically, uh, Devin joined me in one of the weekly live videos I used to do back in the Facebook group formerly known as Taxes and Retirement, now known as Retirement Planning Education, same name as this podcast, where I was doing weekly videos every every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. I since stopped, but there was a lot of really uh, great content in those videos, especially when I had special guests on, one of which was Devin. So so Devin is a, a retirement-focused advisor based out of Texas. He is a social security expert, He's an author. He's written two books. One is called the, uh, I believe it's called the Heroes Penalty, Heroes Penalty, which is how Social Security interacts with teachers and their pensions. Another one is Social Security Basics. Devin also has an absolute monster of a YouTube channel. Uh, I don't even know what it is. Over three hundred thousand people at this point, I think, all about Social Security. And so he he, he knows his stuff with this. So he joined. Uh, this was late twenty twenty, I think, December twenty twenty. He and I did a, a live video in my Facebook group where uh, Devin talked about seven social security myths. Really interesting stuff. Uh, social security is fascinating. It's complicated. It's, it's often misunderstood. There's a, there's a lot of uh, garbage myths floating out there, misinformation, etc. Devin uh, helped set the record straight on, on seven of the common myths that are out there in circulation. So, um, some of the information might be slightly dated because uh, you know, a few bits and pieces of social security numbers change every year for inflation uh, adjustments. But the vast majority of the, the discussion from late 2020 is, is still accurate, is still relevant uh, just as much now as it was then because it's broader general trends and myths. It, you know, I, don't, I don't believe we dug too deeply into specific facts and figures at the time. Um, so anyway. So I, I think you really like this. This is uh, part one. I'm, I'm basically, it was a little over an hour. He and I talked in the Facebook video. I just cut it down the middle uh, time-wise and, and you know, splicing in that first part of that audio today. And then next week's episode, episode 65, will simply be the second part of my uh, uh, the, the audio replay from Devin. So without further ado, I bring you part one of two of seven social security myths with Devin Carroll. All right. Welcome to Taxes Retirement Live. We got a great one for you this week. I'm here with special guest Devin Carroll. Hello, Devin. Hey, Andy. Thanks for having me. Pleasure as always. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. So yeah, uh, fun times. Yeah, these these things are always fun. Uh, I think you'll enjoy nothing this, like Devin. Social Security, right? Oh, it's it's some it's wildly exciting. This topic. It is. No, it really is, though. Yeah. It really is. So just uh, briefly for for everyone in the crowd here, Devin Carroll is uh, a man, a myth, a legend in Social Security. He is the content creator slash owner slash uh, social security expert extraordinaire behind his YouTube channel, Devin Carroll, with uh, close to 300,000 subscribers at this point. Lots of great videos, fantastic content. He's also written two books, Social Security Basics and The Heroes Penalty, uh, both of which are currently under revision. Um, so Devin, I'm super, super pumped to have you on here to share your knowledge with us. 
Yeah, thanks, Andy. Uh, you know, w- we make a joke. We say that Social Security sounds super exciting. And, you know, we kind of say that tongue in cheek because most people think that it's not. But the truth is, Social Security is pretty exciting. If you think about what it offers, you know, it's uh, yeah. it's a pretty big program that gives off a lot of retirement income. And unfortunately, a lot of people make decisions about Social Security without being fully informed. And they just right. think it's it's a government program. It, it, I get what I get. And that's all. But, yeah. you know, in fact, I was just helping a guy yesterday, uh, a fellow up in Seattle. Okay. And he's been going now for a couple of years. He has a wife and a daughter at home. And they've been getting the wrong benefit for two years. All three of them have been getting wow. the wrong benefit for three years now or for two years. So, you know, it, it's not just you get what you get and that's it. You really have to know these rules so you can spot mistakes and then step right. out and fix some of those mistakes. Yeah. No, it's true. So, um, all right, before we get going, Devin, I I got this bit I do where I run through a few dad jokes and I got to do a quick, quick disclaimer, but let me uh, start with the jokes. So Devin, I stayed up all night wondering where the sun went and then it dawned on me. You see that? These are terrible. These are terrible, Devin. Is this thing on? Hello. All right. What do you call a typo on a headstone, Devin? Hmm. I don't know. Tell it's a me. Grave, grave mistake, of a course. Grave mistake. <laughs> yep. How did I not know? <laughs> uh, they, get, they get better. There's, yeah, there's one more. <laughs> so, you know, Devin, this, uh, this whole pandemic's kind of got me feeling down. So I was feeling depressed. So my wife put her hand on my shoulder and said, Earth. That meant the world to me. Uh, yep. <laughs> that did get better. Uh, <laughs> oh, that went down. All there right. Yeah. Tip your waitress. Try the veal. Um, all right. <laughs> so, everyone, this video is only general explanations and education. It's not specific tax, legal, or investment advice. Before considering acting on anything you see or hear here, first consult with your tax, legal, or investment advisor. All right. So, uh, Devin, Devin would like to, um, he's gracious enough to share with us seven social security myths that, in quotes, need to die. Um, with that said, the mic is yours, Devin, and I will uh, pump you over questions as, as they come in. Perfect. 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 Okay. And if I don't see those, uh, I've got quite the elaborate setup here in my studio. In fact, it's so elaborate that I find myself confused with what screen to look at from time to time. <laughs> right. So if, uh, you know, if, if you send them over and I'm not seeing them, although you may be telling me, I, you know, who knows, I'll, yep. I'll just rattle right on by you. But let me give you a warning first, a, a little bit of a disclosure here, if I could. Uh, sometimes these myths that we're going to talk about can be construed as political mm-hmm. and, and that's not the way I intend these at all. This is not a, a position that I'm taking one way or another. I think it's yeah. unfortunate. In fact, that some of these social security myths have been adopted by one side or the other. And I think, you know, if someone's looking for the political angle, they'll probably find that I'm going to say something tonight that could be on both sides of it. So just, you know, if you think I'm on one side, just wait, then you'll think Mm -hmm. I'm on the other side. But, you know, these are myths that I hear over and over and over again on my YouTube channel in the comments, especially. Yeah. These are things that people truly do believe people, people really think that some of this stuff is real. And so, you know, I want to do what I can to try to, try to squash some of this stuff and, uh, yeah. and, and keep it from being so believable with that. How long do I have Andy? I don't even know. So we typically run an hour, give or take, okay. uh, depends how the flow goes. I mean, I, these things have been yeah. as long as an hour and a half. Sometimes they cut short in 45 minutes. Uh, so, you know, you gotcha. do, do what you got and, and I'll let you know as questions come in quick I comment. Have no idea uh, how long it'll take. Yeah. Comment from Joel, who I know is a wood turner. Love the wood vase behind your left shoulder, Devin. 
Oh, yeah, thank you. Hey, that was a piece that I picked up, I think, in Colorado uh, that was made out of an old fence post, and I, I just had to oh, have wow. it. Yeah, when, yeah, super cool. When the guy, the guy could have been lying to me, you know, it was made out of uh, fence post, whatever. But you know, he's telling me it was this old fence post that, you yeah. know, one of the first ones that went up and down the plains there and had this story. And I thought, yeah, I've got to have that. But uh, yeah, uh, thank you, Joe. Sounds much better with the story. Yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> okay, right, so, hang on uh, just a second. I'm going to pull this up. It'll take me just a minute, surely, to uh, get all my technology woes out of the way. And. And I, I made myself a uh, I'm wooden box show. here. Joel, if you're interested, there's no story behind it. I just wanted to build something. It's a box with a few different woods. Uh, I should probably make up a story. So if and when people do see it and ask about it, I have something cool to say. Yeah, anyway. you should. Yeah. Okay. All right, Andy. So I am about to hit share. All right. So I'll give you a drum roll. Oh, it's I gotta, my, my, my fingers are going to get oh, pulpy and sore. You better get this thing going yeah, live. <laughs> no doubt. Okay. So I'm going to click the lock to make changes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm thinking that nothing's happening on your side just from the way that you're looking there. Oh, hold, there it is. I oh, see it. Are Seven we there social now? security myths that need to die. Yep. Awesome. All right. You know, one thing I know is Social Security. One thing I do not know is technology. <laughs> <laughs> Quite all right. It gets me every time. So let's roll through these. And, yep. and I know that a lot of your guests don't use slides, but uh, I like to use I'm a visual learner and I, I make maybe a mistake, but I, I assume that everyone else is a visual learner as well. Yeah, so no, that definitely helps. I want to go through these. All right. Let's you. jump right in. So let's go with myth number one. All and right. that is that illegal immigrants collect Social Security. But they do, don't they? Oh, man, I get so many of these comments on my channel. I get them all the time. You know, the belief that illegal immigrants can come into the United States and immediately receive Social Security benefits. That's just not true at all. What is true is that citizenship is not required for benefits. And that's where a lot of people say, see, I proved my point right there. Yeah. Uh, but no, citizenship is not required. You just you have to be lawfully present and you have to pay in for at least 10 years. So, you know, the the short version of that is that you have to follow the same eligibility rules as everyone else does. You have to be here okay. legally. You have to pay into the system for at least 10 years and get those 40 required credits. And at that point, you're eligible for benefits, as are um, any auxiliary benefits that are paid out, like spousal benefits or children benefits. Now, now how, how would spouse so? So to be clear, you don't need to be a citizen. You do need to be here lawfully and you uh, you need to have worked and paid your social security taxes on your wages here to, to right. accrue yourself the benefit, just like everybody else, right? Just like everyone else. Now, yep. how, how do spousal benefits work? Is there any same difference? Way. Okay. Nope. Uh -uh. Okay. Nope. Same way. Yeah. There wouldn't be any difference uh, okay. at all. As long as you've earned that benefit, those benefits. Now it does get a little tricky when those spouses don't live here. Yeah. Okay. That does add a different element to it because there are some residency requirements, but um, okay. that, you know, what we're talking about here is that, you know, there's a, a flood of people coming in across the Southern border and they are the ones that's to blame for the demise of the social security trust fund. That's the comment that I get a lot. That's the myth that I hear a lot. It's not true. Okay. Um, quick, quick question. So, I don't know if you're best suited to answer this, but question from Kathy, what does lawfully present mean? 
So that's actually something I've covered in the past. And, okay. and it that is a pretty sticky uh, area or a pretty deep area that, uh, yeah, you're probably right, Andy. I'm probably not <laughs> the best to to cover that. But I do know that it's, you know, to be here lawfully, there is a process that has to be followed. Yeah. Right. So I, I would assume if you're here, not lawfully or, you know, off the record, you're making, you're getting paid under the table. You're not paying social security tax on those wages. So therefore you're not going to be entitled to any benefit. Right. Well, yes. And no, the funny thing is if you look at the congressional research services report that they put out on the impact that illegal immigration is having on the social security trust fund, they actually found that there's a large number, and I don't remember what it is right off the top mm-hmm. of my head, but uh, there's a large number of Social Security taxes being paid in that's never getting matched up to an earner. And the reason is, is that some of the illegal immigrants that are coming in, they're doing work. They're getting paid on a W-2 under a, a false Social Security number, a uh, made-up Social Security number. Mm, and, okay. and let me tell you, that number was big that's coming in and getting paid into the trust fund. Okay. So uh, I guess in one sense, it's good. I mean, there's extra money for the trust fund that's not being claimed upon, but it's, it's evidence of a broader problem with uh, far beyond the scope of this conversation, I guess. But um, Oh, yeah. Yeah, I yeah, think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But just to know, you can't just come across here, first stop Social Security Administration, say, I want benefits and get them. It just right. doesn't okay. work that way. Okay. Well, great. All good right. to know. All right. Cool. Are you ready for myth number two? Bring it. No drum roll this time. No, hold on. All right. Myth number two. Oh, it didn't happen. I hit the wrong button. Okay. Here <laughs> we go. You, you want another one? Well, I guess I might need one. <laughs> and there we go. Okay. Now. I um, love this. I love this one. I love it. Not in a good way, but I love it. Yeah. This is one that uh, I know you hear it all the time too. Yeah. You know, the, the, the idea that somehow that, years ago there was a law change and the government rated the social security trust. And that, that particular word is used in almost every situation rated, right? That sounds so juicy. Well, it does. I mean, it's a fantastic word, uh, but they rated the trust fund. So what typically goes along with this is that the social security administration or the system, the trust fund would not be facing insolvency if the government would have just kept their, thieving hands out of it, you know, Mm. and there was this big pot of money sitting there and it was too tempting. So they had to get into it. But the truth is, is that there's never been any change in the way social security payroll taxes are used by the federal government from the very beginning. The, uh, the trust fund has always worked the same way. And it's, it's never been put into the general fund of the government, as some people say, that there was a, a law change that Reagan made or Nixon or someone that put it into the general fund. And that just has never happened. It is absolutely a separate account. But okay. what did cause some confusion was a change that happened back in 1969 when the uh, transactions of the trust fund began to be included in a single budget along with all of the other functions of the federal government. Uh, But now this was changed back again in 1990. And now the trust fund is showing to have its own account in the federal budget. So none of these movements had anything to do with the actual operations of the trust fund. It was purely and simply 
a change of accounting practices. So but, but, but when Devin, you tell people this, it, it, it raises the big question, and that's where's yeah, the money, right? right? But now, to play devil's advocate, is it not true that virtually, if not literally, every cent of the trust fund is borrowed to be used for general government spending? Well, yeah. So in a sense, it is. Uh, and, and that's the next point. And that's where people get kind of disappointed after I tell them that first bit. And then I say, but, you know, if, if you're expecting a trust fund filled with trillions in cash, you're going to be disappointed here. Uh, because for every dollar that comes in, you know, there is a special issue treasury bond that takes its place. Okay. And so effectively, when people say the Social Security Trust Fund is just full of IOUs, that's absolutely correct. Mm-hmm. That's that's really all that it has in it. But that's that's really all that it's ever had in it. In, in fact, there never was really much of a system put into place for the uh, Social Security Trust Fund to collect revenues like that. It was only when the worker-to-retiree ratio got so imbalanced that they started having all of this excess come in. So um, question from Dan. So then if that's the case, why in past years did certain politicians talk about implementing a quote unquote lockbox? Yeah, it was good politics. There's no question it was good politics. Okay. Uh, This, as some of the other myths that we're going to talk about here, you often heard in campaign speeches where, you know, I remember, I think it was Al Gore who was one of the first ones who used to talk about the lockbox. And it's just not practical at all. You know, the idea that the money should go into the trust fund and just sit there is impractical. And, and here's why I'll show you with this next slide. Um, these IOUs, these special issue treasury bonds that are in there, yeah, they're earning interest. Okay. And if you look at the Social Security Trust Fund, if you look at that balance at the end of year 2017, you can, it was 2.9-ish trillion. If that would have just been left in cash in the trust fund and, and not been on loan to someone collecting interest, that trust fund would have been worth about two-thirds less. And, you know, I think it's wow. safe to say yeah. if it was worth two-thirds less, it would run out a lot faster than... Um, so, so then the, the flip side of the rating narrative is that, yes, the government does borrow every, every dollar out of the trust fund to use it, but pays it back with interest. So in that sense, the social security system is better off by yeah. the money being borrowed than if it just sat there doing nothing. Right. And, you know, right. these special interest treasury bonds, uh, the rate of interest they receive is actually higher than the 30-year treasury bond. So, oh wow! Okay. I mean, it's it's receiving a rate that is above what the market is right yeah. now. You know, the market for those sorts of notes. So, you know, I think it's. Uh, I mean, we we would have already seen benefit cuts if right. that money wouldn't have collected interest. It's pretty, pretty interesting way to look at it for sure. And, I did and, not realize that there had been that much interest paid either. Yeah. Until no. I dug into it, and started looking. That's a good deal. Um, final, I guess, question slash comment on this point uh, for me is, um, has the government ever failed to pay the money back in full and on time to the trust fund, to your knowledge? No, huh? not that I know of. Okay. Uh, not that I know that it's ever been needed either, uh, because as those uh, 
you know, we haven't gotten to a point yet. We'll see when this trustee report comes out. But we haven't gotten to a point yet where the revenues of the Social Security Trust Fund, including interest, Social Security taxes, Social Security and the, the payroll taxes, all of the different revenue streams of the Social Security system, we haven't gotten to a point yet where that was less than the needed money to pay out in benefits. Okay. They've been forecasting this since 2016 yep. that, well, next year is going to be the year. And then they would say, well, next year is going to be the year. So far, that hasn't happened. I do think that 2020 is probably going to be the first year, though. Okay. Uh, I mean, we've seen record unemployment. There, right. There's lots of factors. So I think it'll probably be easy to say that that's going to happen this year. Okay. Or last year. Yeah. Uh, yes, almost, right. It's almost 2021. <laughs> oh, what year are we in? Uh, thankfully, another less than a month left to this uh, <laughs> hot, hot trash of a year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, good. Myth number two. I like it. So. What do you got on top of right. number three? So myth number three is somewhat related. Okay. Now that's social security is going bankrupt. Now, Andy, I hear this with people in, in many cases as justification for filing at 62. Right. Cause it's not going to be there. I'm going to take it while I can. Right. I better get yeah. it while I can, you know? Uh, and it's also another one that's used very often as a political motivator, you know, to get people to vote a certain way, you know, I'll fix social security and keep it from going bankrupt. Uh, you hear about it in just about every campaign. This last one was a little unique, but they didn't really need to talk about social security in this last one. There was a lot of other uh, big, big issues that they talked about. Uh, actually, uh, Joe Biden had it on his page, what he was going to do with social security. Donald Trump never really even talked about what he was going to do with social security. It was just one of those weird campaigns where it just, it never really came up on either side yeah. as an issue, which I think is odd considering how close we are to what we're about to talk about. And that is social security is going bankrupt, Ooh. right? Yeah. So scandalous. Yes. <laughs> You know, if you look here, here's a few of the news headlines that I grabbed, uh, you know, Motley Fool, of course, they're a headline generator. They're always putting stuff out there. Yeah. But I mean, they specifically refer to not Social Security Trust Fund being empty, but literally Social Security being bankrupt. And and here's three that I just grabbed one after the other. The other is USA Today uh, and then Freedom Project. And there were a several more. But the truth is. Social Security is not really going bankrupt. This is a pay-as-you-go system, right? You know, so the money that's coming in from taxes today is going to pay retirees today. You know, so yeah. For example, Andy, the Social Security taxes you're going to pay in this year, it's going to help fund my dad's Social Security benefit and the taxes that I pay in. Right? He's retired. He's on Social Security. Yeah. So it's pay-as-you-go. And for a lot of years, there were more people paying in taxes than there were that were receiving those taxes. So. That was more money coming in than needed to go out. And that excess is what started to accumulate in that trust fund that we were talking about just in that last myth. But okay. now we have that worker to retiree ratio that has started to shift. And they're saying now that uh, in the year 2020, that was this year, who knows what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, but there's not going to be enough coming in to pay benefits. So they're going to have to start to pull from the trust fund. That's that dark green up there at the top. So right now for every benefit dollar or a bit benefit. Yeah. For every benefit dollar that goes out somewhere around 75% of that is from the revenue 
And uh, the rest of that is going to have to start coming out of the trust fund at some point. Now, it's not that exact ratio at first. It accelerates and gets bigger. But that's roughly the way that's going to start to work out. And by the year 2035, that trust fund asset is going to be gone. Aren't these some wonderful graphics, by the these, way? These are top-notch stuff. These are significantly better than me holding up a piece of paper that uh, says this video, <laughs> you know, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, well done, Devin. <laughs> no, I take, some, I take some heat over my graphic design. But uh, anyway, it gets the point across, right? Yeah, so no, exactly. in, in 2035, there's only going to be enough coming in to pay out about 75%. That's going to be a 25% cut if nothing's done. And right. I mean, frankly, this keeps getting kicked down the road, which means that Unfortunately, we may only have room for some drastic last minute action, and that's yeah. usually just not the best solution. But Social Security is not going bankrupt. You know, if uh, it, it, Andy, if you needed $10,000 this month to meet all of your obligations, and you go to your bank account, and there's only $7,600 there, you don't fall on the floor, welling and gnashing your teeth, saying, I'm bankrupt. No, you you still have enough to meet a lot of your obligations. They're just yeah. there's going to have to be some cuts somewhere, right? Uh, and I think those cuts are going to come down to either decreased benefits or increased taxes, one or the other. Yeah. Maybe a combination of both. Could be decreased benefits to certain groups. Could be increased taxes to certain groups. There's a number of things that I think is probably going to happen. So while we're on the topic, a couple of questions for you. But while we're on this particular topic about uh, you know decreased benefits, increased taxes, I, I get this question from virtually everyone I work with, uh, and, and asks, "Will my social security be reduced? Should I be using the estimated uh, you know benefit amount shown on my statement?" My 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 feedback for what it's worth. I'm curious your opinion. I feel like if you're already sixty ish or older. I just can't fathom they're going to cut your benefits. Um, I think the younger generations, yeah, you know, count on that. To what extent, I don't know. But what I think will happen for people already on Social Security is I would assume that 100% of it becomes taxable as opposed to 85% of it at most. So they won't actually take it away on a gross basis, but it'll be be, be taxed a little bit more. Um, now, not holding you to it because I know this is all at the whim of politicians and whatever they decide to do on the 11th hour. But what's your view slash opinion about what may shake out, particularly for people who are already, let's call it 16 above. Yeah. So I think there's a few things that could happen here. Uh, one, which I don't think is an efficient way to do it, but would probably be very popular, uh, is a means testing system. Okay. You know, if, if you look at the, the, at social security, it's already a means test system. They yeah. would just have to reconfigure some of it, right? So social security taxes, for example, not the payroll taxes you pay, but the actual income taxes you pay on benefits. It's absolutely means tested because the more you have in other income, the more you pay in social security taxes That's a great point, yeah. taxes on your benefits. So there's already a means test there. You know, So uh, people with fairly low income pay zero. They get to keep all of their benefit. People with a higher income, they may not get to keep all of their benefit. Uh, and when you look at taxation from that viewpoint of uh, you got to give some of it back, it's exactly what you're doing is you're giving it back to Uncle Sam. Yeah. yeah uh, that's a good but that's that's one version of means testing. Another, you know, could be a, a simple earnings limit that gets extended beyond full retirement age. 
Right now, if you file for benefits and you're between the ages of 62 and your full retirement age, there's a limit on the amount of money that you can make. Now, I don't have the dates in front of me, but uh, up until I think it was in the 80s, maybe the 70s, uh, that earnings limit was, was much steeper and it extended for a longer period. And in the very early days of Social Security, the earnings limit was there completely. There was never a time when the earnings limit was lifted. In fact, the the rule said that if if you have any income from other sources, you could not get Social Security. And then they raised it up to 500. And it wasn't until years down the road that they started working it back based on your age. Okay. So if they simply just said, hey, uh, we're going to we're going to put this earnings limit in place and we're going to extend it out. I think that would be another form of means testing. But frankly, I do think that it's going to come back to some system of being means tested. I think that's low hanging fruit. It's really easy for them to, uh, to, to use that because there's just not that many people that um, there's not enough to, that would be affected by it to vote them out of office. Yeah. Frankly, that makes sense. Um. This question here about, this should be an easy one to answer, but uh, from Tim, is the trust fund limited in what it can invest in? It sounds like it's just government debt. Is there an opportunity to invest it more aggressively? Well, there there was. Um, and Bush I, too, actually, right? Wasn't, uh, wasn't his proposal to privatize? Uh, or am I making that up? No, you're not. But here, the funny thing is, and I'm trying to figure out how in the world can I get off of this slideshow? Oh, right here. <laughs> I'm going to go back to, if I stop the share, I wonder what that'll do. The world will stop spinning. Oh, oh, there we go. looks like, okay, there we go. Okay, cool. I see you. So the first person that, that I, to my knowledge, at least that suggested investing a portion of the trust fund. And listen, if, if we would have taken this advice and if they would have passed this through, we would not have the trouble today that we're having with a trust fund. Yeah. The first president that I know of that suggested this was given the State of the Union address, and he suggested it was Bill Clinton. Now, years later, uh, when Hillary was running, she was completely against <laughs> the privatization, as they called it, of Social Security. But, but all President Clinton was saying was, listen, we need to take a part of this and invest it over here because the returns we're getting just aren't adequate, and it's going to give us trouble down the road. Sure. Um, you know, and then when, when Bush Jr. came along, it was, it was part of his plan as well. And by that point it was just demonized and it could never, never take off. So, so for now, um, the, I guess the answer is Tim's question. The only thing the trust fund could be invested in is a special issue government debt and all of it needs to be invested in that. They can't selectively (laughs) choose just to do some. Okay. No, no, great. That's it. Uh, another sort of related question about this pay as you go concept while we're on the topic, um, where'd it go here? Uh, okay. So not more pension related, but I think this is an interesting topic to keep in mind because people often view social security as like their own account or they're entitled to it. I paid in, this is money I will get. And it's important to know it's a, it's effectively a social welfare system. Um, Anyway, question is from Pearl, isn't it also true that it would be illegal for a private pension fund to operate like Social Security since no monies paid in are reserved for future retirees? 
Like this kind of this goes to like people call social security Ponzi scheme, which actually you know makes gives me the heebie-jeebies because it's just so not true. But I sort of see where people are coming from, yeah. and I think this is belying Pearl's question. You know, this concept. So, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah. Well, first, I think that's uh, you're probably better suited to answer the question on on pensions and and how they're set up than I am. It's just something I don't know you know, a whole lot about with pensions, but okay. I don't know of another system that's set up exactly like social security out there. I just, I just don't, but, um, you know, I know that there's some pensions which have their own challenges as well. Yeah. 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 My, not to get too off topic, but for what it's worth, Pearl, my, my view is like this, um, pension, you're correct. You know, you, you pay in, there's strict rules in place that a certain amount has to be reserved for all the retirees to meet however many decades of obligations. Social security is not quite the same way. I, I sort of view it, and Devin, you may want to slap me for saying this, but like, I sort of view it like property tax. You live in a town, you pay the tax because they say you have to. You may not get much, if any, direct benefit out of it. You know, If you have four kids in the school, guess what? You're, you're, you're making out well from what you're paying in. If you have no kids in the school district and you have private garbage pickup and whatever, you're paying a lot in, but not getting much out. There's no sense of you paid in X amount, so you you therefore will get Y amount of benefit. It's just kind of this ah, honor system is a bad word, but I'm having trouble verbalizing this. But you see what I'm saying, Devin? You know, is that yeah, accurate? Yeah, it makes perfect security? sense. Okay. Yeah, right. and in fact, it's one of the myths that we're going to tackle here in a moment is that Social Security is an earned right. When the truth is, it's just simply not. Yeah. Okay. So. I'm, I am going to hit that here in a moment. Okay. Uh, just sifting through the other few questions here for a second. So there's a few about means testing. We, we touched on in a few different ways. Uh, other comments about... Uh, interesting question from Cody. Um, so Devin, for options to keep Social Security benefits fully funded, is increasing full retirement age secondary to decreasing benefits, mean testing, or increasing taxes? Uh, we kind of hit on this, but you know, what's your gut feeling about what, what's most likely to be moved uh, most. I don't, don't <laughs> think they'll ever increase full retirement ages. I just don't. And, and the truth is, that's probably something they should consider when you look at longevity, right? Longevity, since the social security system was was launched back in 1937, has, has changed drastically. People are yeah. living longer, and yet full retirement ages have only increased by two years. Yeah. And yet right. longevity has increased many times more than that. But if you increase full retirement age, then you have the problem of do you leave early retirement in the same situation, right? So if you increase full retirement age, do you still leave early retirement at 62? And if you do, those reductions that happen start to get really sharp. And all of a sudden, instead of someone getting 70% of their full retirement age benefit, are they going to get 50% of it? Right. You know, and yeah. at that point, what does that do for, for poverty? And, and, and is that going to help? Because you, people are just going to file as soon as they possibly can. That's what a third of yeah. everyone who files for social security will do. So, uh, you know, should been a, should full retirement age increase? Probably so. Is it going to help? It's hard to know. Right. There'll be other knock-on effects. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, we got one other random question we'll sort of save to the end here. It doesn't tie into anything we talked about yet. So uh, let's let's roll on with number four. Rolling on. Do you see my screen again? I do, yes. All right. 
I have figured out twice how to make this work. Fantastic. Yeah, we are tech titans. Yes, we are. All right. Myth number four. Members of Congress don't use Social Security. And this is something I get when I'm talking about Social Security and politics comes up. They'll say, well, if, if you know, if, uh, if congressmen had to pay into it, if this was their system and if if they were getting Social Security benefits, then, uh, you know, this thing would get fixed in a hurry. And the truth is they they do. They okay. uh, they absolutely do. In fact, you know, since 1984, you can go back and look at the rule that was put into place. Uh, all members of Congress, military, just about all federal employees started to contribute to Social Security. Before that, they didn't. But, you know, neither yeah. did most of your federal employees either. So that's, uh, you know, that, that's just not true. That uh, the m- congressmen, senators, federal employees, they are paying into Social Security. And they don't get any special benefit calculation or extra Social Security. They, they get the same formula that everyone else has applied to them, correct? That's right. Okay. That's right. I mean, in addition to that, they have a pension with the federal right. employee retirement yeah. system. They have a thrift savings plan as well. But that's no different than what you'd find in, in a public employer, you know, or a private yeah. employer, rather. So, or, or at least those that still have generous pensions. But yes, I mean, that, that's unrelated to Social Security, though, I, I guess right. is the main takeaway here. Okay. Certainly. Yeah. 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 And, right. and was was it um, was it, uh, you know, when 84, when this came in place, was it optional for them to pay into Social Security or it was required for everyone at that point? No, there was a there was a period where, uh, you know, for certain employees who were already in the old civil service retirement system, yeah. they had an option of staying there. Uh, and then certain employees were mandated to move. But all new employees, uh, you know, they had to start contributing. They didn't have a choice. Okay. Good to know. All right. That's it for part one of two of my audio replay from my December 2020 chat with Devin Carroll regarding seven social security myths. Uh, I, I trust you all found that interesting so far. Be sure to come back next week for the 65th episode of this podcast where you'll uh, we'll wrap up with the second part of my, of my chat with Devin. Um, I, I checked since I uh, recorded the intro. I just checked now. Devin's YouTube channel actually has over four hundred thousand people, not three hundred thousand. Uh, you know what's a hundred thousand uh, subscribers amongst friends? So anyway, uh, check out. There, there's links in this episode. You can find Devin and his stuff at various places. Uh, there's links to his two books. You can find his YouTube channel. He also has a blog, Social Security Intelligence dot com and, and a Facebook group actually uh, called the Social Security Intelligence Members Group or something along those lines. You can find a link to that. There's well over 35, I don't know, 35,000 people probably at this point. So definitely great, great content and lots of it from Devin about Social Security. He is a true expert in the field. So that's that for this week. As always, if you like this show, uh, I would be greatly appreciated if you were to take a, a take a moment take a, a, a sliver of your life to, to spend a couple minutes to, to give a review or a five star or a thumbs up or a like or whatever form of positive acknowledgement you can muster up to share in, in whatever podcast platform tool you use to listen to this to the show. That's it. Thank you as always for listening. I'll see you next week for part two with Devin. Take care. The information discussed in this podcast is only general explanations and education. It is not specific tax, legal, or investment advice. Before considering acting on anything you heard here, first consult with your tax, legal, or investment advisor. Thank you. Thank you.